Welcome to the One Hustle Show, where we're here to inspire, motivate, and educate you about other people's hustle in hopes that you can find your why. What is going on, everybody? It is DC here. I have my co-host and my mom, New Home Yogi, or as everybody knows her, Lil Mardian. And welcome to the One Hustle Show, uh, where we talk about your one hustle. So I'm going to let Laurel introduce our first guest today. And welcome to episode number two. We have a very special guest here today. His name is Andrew with The Good Life Chef, and we're excited to have you. Oh, it's a blast to be here. Look at this place. I don't know if anybody's watching, but this place is amazing. Thank you for letting me be on this show and be episode two. I mean, great work, guys. So um, I'm very excited to talk about Andrew's business. Andrew owns The Good Life Chef and The Good Life Chef. I really want to hear about how you got started um, and really kind of inspire people um, and know what inspired you. Man, where do I start? Um, the inception of the idea came about, you know. Tell them a little bit what Good Life Chef is. Oh yeah, let's start there first. Okay. <laughs> what is that anyway? The Good Life Chef is a healthy meal prep catering business that operates in the Las Vegas Valley, providing the people in it healthy, nutritious, balanced meals at an affordable price and delivered right to your door every Sunday. So the way we began doing all this was, um, let's, let's backtrack a little bit. I was a chef uh, on the strip, uh, floating around from restaurant to restaurant, just old school way of doing things, uh, natural progression, working on, you know, salad station, saute station, broiler station, and eventually you become the chef, you become the leader. And that's when everything started to develop. Before that, I'm just a cook, right? And then I step into a role as a leader. I have to begin to look inward as far as how I'm treating people, um, strategy of getting people to work together. And, and by doing that, it really made me focus on myself um, and my, my thought process as far as, okay, what am I doing to better myself to be a better leader for these people? So that's when it started really who some, growing. Who were some of the leaders that really impacted you to do, you know, make the step and start your own thing? Because it sounds like you evolved and grew out of that. Yeah. Eventually, like I said, you become the leader of a, a restaurant and then you start to, you go, oh, wait a minute, man, I can do this for myself maybe, you know, and everybody says that at first. But yeah, you step out of your comfort zone, you do make that leap. But people that really motivated me, motivated me to make that leap were uh, my friends. They, when we're in um, high school, they started a, a printing press company called Annenberg Print. And they're first entrepreneurs I've ever seen to actually just do it instead of getting a normal job. And they're all kids, you know, they're probably 17 years old, 18 years old, 20 years old. And they turned their um, mom's living room into a, a sewing press. And then they had the, the manual printing press in the garage and they, they just made the it hustle. happen. It was a hustle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're grinding and, and just being scrappy with it. That's what I remember with those people. Another one was Omar Foster with Social City uh, CrossFit. I joined or I entered his life at a time where his company and his business was already a, a, a big brand in Las Vegas in the CrossFit community. And, but he had a journey of, man, maybe 10 years when I finally met him. And um, yeah, it was, already, it was already proven that he can do it. So that, 
So that motivated me to inspire me to actually try to do something for myself. You saw them do it and you're like, damn, if these guys can do it, so can I, you know. What year did you start the business? 2019, 2019. Yeah, DC, I mean, when I saw them do it, um, it showed me that just to be brave and courageous. So in 2019, um, we started this business. I was a chef for Herringbone and I was a very vulnerable subject because this is where a, a crossroad happened. Uh, I was executive chef for Herringbone and I was hired on to be the executive chef. Uh, I don't know if people are, are familiar with being executive chef. You kind of are managing the managers now and you have one person above you and that is the, the uh, executive chef. Excuse me, I was executive sous chef. So nothing was getting done. The prison was being run by the prisoners and I was hired in to be like a, you know, like a, a hammer. And if anybody knows me, that's really not my personality. I'm not really like a, an asshole type of chef. What's a hammer? Just be a real jerk about things oh, and get them. Like fire people or? Well, they didn't have, they didn't have any like write-ups in place or any paper trails. So oh, okay. I had to start implementing those type of you have HR to be the things. disciplinarian. The disciplinarian, person, yeah. Was the kick yeah. in the ass to get, get things done. Sometimes it's... It's, it's hard, yeah. And then it, well, it became easy. It, became, it becomes easy to become a necessity. jerk. It's necessary. You know, you have to. Well, at, at a certain point, like, because I came up and I have that, that old school mentality, oh, to get this done, I just got to be like Gordon Ramsay style and just be a jerk and make you feel like, belittle you. Trust me, man, I made these guys feel like really, really small around their peers and it was... It was not cool. So long story short, it didn't work and HR fired me. <laughs> so that was the first time I've ever been fired. And um, yeah, I was sad for 16 hours. <laughs> and I woke up and I, and I said, this is it. This is, I'm not going back to a job. Um, I told D, she woke up. I told D, D's my wife who actually works for DC Realty. Okay. Yeah, so she's crying, right? <laughs> so Dee's crying. And I, and I have Jim Rome, Zig Ziglar. I have them in my ear. They're, you know, I have- They're speaking crazy they're, out of a yeah, book. Yeah, Napoleon like, Hill about? is in my head. Tim Ferriss is in my ear. Tony Robbins is in my ear. She's crying. I'm looking at her, I'm like, no, I got the tools. Like, I'm gonna do this. And it's funny, like you posted something earlier last week that said fail fast. And that was one of the things that all of these titans were talking about, Zig, Roan, Tim Ferriss, Tony Robbins, they're all have in common is that they're failing like fast and they're always talking about failing, like it's gonna happen. So I, I was used to that because I was constantly like trying to like do little hustles in the kitchen, like, you know, make food or, I was actually made this um, skin bomb one time Side, side thing, but it failed terribly. So I was ready for this. All that stuff, all the culmination of that, um, I was ready. So from there, I knew that if I can run a $13 million restaurant for somebody else, I can run a 10, 20, 30, $50,000 business my first year for myself. Getting money for the, for the beginning of it was a little tricky, especially when you've just been fired from your job. But like I said, having the resources, I just was, and having the uh, motivation from the people that inspired me, 
I just knew I just had to be really, really scrappy with the way I was going to get it off the ground. Did you just, take a loan? I did. I can only get $4,000. I got $4,000 and I kind of just, you know, that kind of helped us just pay the bills. Okay. And like for the first round, get you honestly, it was step. like the f- first round, pay the bills, help me pay the bills for the next month and get me through the first round of um, inventory and, and my food. Mm-hmm. And I was just flipped it and just kept flipping it and then flipping it. And then, okay, now I'm going, now we're doing it. I'm in my house, like, well, let's backtrack. I, I did it properly. I got the business license, you know, that was kind of new and unfamiliar. I, I got the um, license through the state. I got my health department all lined up. I got, um, yeah, and then I got my facility. And here's the thing with the facility, I really didn't have enough clientele to pay for that facility. It's a co- kitchen commissary, a, a shared kitchen. So at first I would just, um, yeah, I just had a cottage license through the health department. And I would just, cooked out of the house mm-hmm. and nothing changed. Nothing changed as far as the way I cooked. Uh, I scored this beautiful, like true refrigerator or Pepsi refrigerator. And we did everything out of that for the first two or three, three months. Damn. Oh, so this is like a short time span. Yeah. This is like, so, so yeah, I got, got fired. April, uh, March. Um, and then a- end of April, you're cooking we're our first cook, meals. We're cooking our first meals, April. Damn. Wow. That's a hustle. Pivot fast. That's what he always tells me. You just like, you have to pivot. And then, and then people would always ask. Wow. You have to trust yourself. Yeah. And that's yeah, the yeah. thing. People don't understand it. It's like, why are you doing this? Everybody fucking there questions what you you're go. doing yeah. when you're doing it. They don't, they don't start understanding what you're doing until it's already done. Or and until yeah. you're successful at or it. Or until you're successful. Right. And then they're like, oh, that's so awesome what you're doing. But the same people that are telling you it's awesome are the same people that question you and told you. I was just going to say that. And I, yeah. So right when I started, yeah, right when I started, it was, well, it got that condescending, how many meals are you going to do? You know, like that's the first thing they ask. Well, no, how, that's how pretty hard to do that. How many meals do you think you're going to do? I'm like, let's hope I do one. I hope I sell one meal. And maybe two, and then four, and then eight, then 16, then 32, like then question. 64. You see how that goes? And they go, they have like a brain malfunction or something. <laughs> it's kind of like what you, when you ask people what, what do they want to do with their life or what, what are some of their goals, and they give you this like deer in the headlights look and like, oh shit. You know, even in real estate, a lot of these people, you know, they'll do so well, or, you know, and they will just think that they know everything. <laughs> yeah and you know you don't always be the student always be a student they surrender think. to the process and they, and they wanted you know it's just think nice remain teachable shout out chris o it's true yeah no i agree that's why i'm doing this you know i, I think there's like there's stuff i've already learned from you and learned about you i think it's so cool um and i'm really excited that we get to do this and kind of dive into some of your success and your story. And I think it's, it's crazy and it's cool. You really do have the hustle. You burned your ships, you made your move and, you know, going through the process, I'm, you know, I'm sure let's talk about who, who were the people that were like naysaying you or, or there's anybody that any digs that were like, damn, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if I should do this. Maybe like somebody that you look up to or something like that. Yeah. Majority like chefs. I felt like it's not what they're saying, right? It's how you feel. Or what they weren't saying. You know, you know <laughs> what they weren't saying. You guys know. I do. I know of people out there listening, like, you know the vibes. 
you can kind of vibe speak louder than words. Yeah. You can kind of tell like when you say something to someone and it might be something like, uh, I might be mistaken it as like my goals made them a little uncomfortable and it oh. wasn't my fault. Like how they felt about that. Oh yeah. And I still have issues with that too. Like maybe I shouldn't say this to these people, even like my family or close friends that are just like really content with their life. And that's all good. And that's all good. Sometimes I have to kind of watch what I say because it's going to make them feel a certain way or, you know, I don't know. What do you guys think? I still catch myself like I did Daniel's and my numbers for this last year over last the year before. And I was like, I don't want to share it. Like, and that's such a horrible thing to even say. But I'm like so proud of like the growth over, you know. She was like jumping up and down last night over our numbers. I'm like, we've done well. But sometimes you don't realize how well you've done until you go back and you look at the numbers. Look back at your accomplishments. Look back at your past successes and see what what worked and what didn't work. And I think that's what, how much, what she adds to our company. She she sees what's working and what's not. I love the track. She sees what's happening as it's happening. It's crazy. And having people with insight like that, the foresight, is, is super important in your business to have the right That's people. one of the things that I did learn in the corporate America world because we were so numbers driven and we had to perform on a different number. Like I was like, okay, we need to do this many deals per month. This is what we need to turn so I can make this much money so that we can sell the development this amount of time. Right. Because we had like planning. And then when I became a manager and we would plan for each development and if how many sales that we should turn out of that neighborhood out of the 66 sales agents that I had, who could I depend on to deliver those numbers to our shareholders? And I've turned that into our business where like, I love to track. Like I ran through with our assistant yesterday and I had us like make sure all the numbers were right and like calculated the last three years over last year. And I calculate like what we were doing in June last year compared to the June before. And like, even in pandemic, we did great, you know, in that month and kind of see where we can be more consistent. Cause one of the things I, learned and maybe Mm -hmm. you can like implement into your business is even flow so like that you don't get like heavy you know in some weeks so like what even flow would be is like i tell daniel i want stagger the closings. stagger the closings you know stagger your orders so that like not overload yourself on one day but spread it out where it's but like do you have a slow season yeah when's your slow season um, slow season would be November, December. Just came out of that and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was great. But forecasting. Yeah. It's huge. It really does. Forecasting and planning. It's really important in, in, in our field. So now that I, so now we're like a couple weeks in, right? Mm-hmm. So now we're like a couple months in. Now we're like July, right? We're like three months in. We're like, okay, we're doing this. The ball's rolling. We're getting like 70 meals, a hundred meals a week. I and that, that, and like, getting into it like you don't think you're like you make all the meals and you forget that you have to deliver all these meals right so like she said you got to even flow this stuff that's what she's saying so you you know you don't uh i mean i believe in pressuring myself i that we're two different people i like pressuring myself so i perform i put myself under so much pressure so i perform and have no option she likes to be more even flow. That's why we're a great balance because I'm pushing the pressure. She's like, yeah. let's even it out. A little it's bit a, of both. A little bit of both. But Forecasting is important because I have to like see, all right, how much food did I go through? What, what's what's the next month going to look like? What, like you said, what are the holidays? So, and then and visualizing all that stuff, it's really important. I think it's one of my biggest skills is like 
seeing what it's going to look like if everything goes according to plan, which it probably won't, and you just modify. But if, if you had a plan and everything went according to plan, you can kind of see how the result would be, right? Mm-hmm. So kind of that was my big, what's why I held on to as far as like Your getting vision. to that first, get turning into that first year and going to the second year. You said 2019? Yeah. It, that's exactly my date. March 23rd, 2019. That's when Oh, shoot. <laughs> she quit. <laughs> Ooh, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So yeah. tell us what you learned about reviewing our numbers. I, I think we should, that's, that's, that's something we should speak on because that was, that was fun this morning. Which part of it? Just All like, of it. Like share. Yeah, the numbers. Like share, share what we learned. All of it? I mean, whatever you, f- you feel comfortable sharing. I mean, the, so the, the funny thing is part about, about the numbers. What about percentages? Can we just do percentages? It's not even oh, that. Oh, we it's doubled about, our numbers from last year. Okay, guys, doubling numbers from last, from the previous, doubling in a business, doubling. Doubling our personal numbers selling houses while we started a company, which is like starting on date zero. Like I've been on an entrepreneur for a long time. I detailed cars before, you know, then I moved on to real estate, but I've been in the entrepreneur space, like, you know, almost nine years now. So like I've been an entrepreneur for a really long time. And like the, the cycle of like how long it takes to get good at something is it's a long time. So being proficient at our business, our day to day business, and then moving on to starting, Hey, let's start a whole new business. We've never done before. And like start from day zero. That's what we did. And we were able to double our numbers. This is the most challenging thing we've ever done. And I got licensed to do loans. But <laughs> and then, I got but certified to teach yoga. And you see bum, what, bum, it, bum. what it's done. You know, it, it changed our lives. The more you, if you can, you must. The more you do, the better your life is. You know, yeah, I've no never heard of somebody, some people, you know, that they, they feel doing less is better. And I just, the more I do, the more I realize I'm capable of doing it. expands my vision and it expands my network. It expands my bank account, expands the way I feel about myself. And that's what life's all about is expanding, I think. So I want to go back to Andrew's story. I'm sorry. I'm no, it's fine. Okay. So yeah. he, no, that's awesome. he makes it from March. He's selling meals by um, April. By July, he's selling 100 meals a week. Yeah. Crazy. Gr- gorilla marketing style. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear about <laughs> yeah. your marketing. I yeah, love I marketing. Hear let's hear how you, how you marketed for this. Okay. So our logo. Um, Throw it up. It was made. It was made from a, a, a logo generator. Oh, oh really? I love it. Yeah, it was awesome. Like you know how like little Yachty got his name from a, a rap name generator. No, I didn't know. My that. logo was made from a, a logo generator. That's how much of burning the ships. Like, go. Don't waste time. Go. It doesn't matter. Just go. Excuses. I think people create too many excuses instead of just fucking getting started. If you wait until the perfect timing to start, you started way too late. If you wait no, until everything's perfect. The saying is, if you wait until it's perfect to release it. Well, that's my saying. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> it is. Like, I wanted this studio. I mean, I was like, you know what? It's I'm not going to wait any longer. We're just going to do it. We talked yeah. about it. The video, Eddie, our video guy's like, dude, order it. I'm like, done. And we did it, and it happened because I didn't, I didn't see overthink the vision, it. though. Yeah. And she then once it, it started happening, I was like, let's go fast. I need the table. I need it done. I'm ready to start. It was crazy. But he's the one that motivates me for sure. Like he's pushes me every day. Okay. So we're July of 19. You uh, do your logo from the logo generator. Yep. And I just put that on everything. And as much as I could with the money I had, I just put on everything. Let everybody know what it was called. Getting used to a new name and saying it out loud was kind of awkward. It's like, you know. I believed in it, but it was just new and I'm a new entrepreneur. I'm not really a salesman. 
I'm a chef, but now I have to become a salesman. You are a salesman. I am a salesman, yes. But then I wasn't, so it was very uncomfortable. I, I just was, I knew that my friends needed to eat and that we all worked out together and that I had a, you know, I had a skill that could help them. I had taken the same nutrition classes as they did. Um, we're in this community together. We're all just trying to better ourselves mentally and physically. And I said, here's what we offer. Um, we're here when you're ready. And then I would go to different gyms and my friends would kind of go to different gyms too. So I'd kind of know other people there and, and then I would network the same thing. And then I would go to other gyms and you, you get the picture. I'm just kind of, I, I think that people need to really focus on what their, um, their customer avatar looks like and, um, and really infiltrate those communities, build relationships with those people, genuine relationships with those people, and then give them value as, as far as friendship first and then you can start telling them that you have this business. I think it has to go in that order. Instead of trying to sell somebody before they even know who you are, I think you'll have more success as genuinely making friends and see if your business kind of fits their lifestyle. Tell people what an avatar is. An avatar, a business avatar is like what a typical person looks like or what their, um, their income is, um, what their spending habits are, um, what their lifestyle is like, um, as far as how they live their life as well. So those three, those three things are kind of important. Three or four things are kind of important because it lets you know that it, there's other people that in the community that fit those, those uh, metrics and you can just market to those people and you, you don't have to spontaneously pick people in the world. Though that was my problem. I used to try to win everybody over. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. You can't try to win everybody. It has to be that the avatar is like your ideal client. That's what I think it is. It's like that perfect person. Where are they going? What are they doing? Where are they spending money on? What are the, the books they're reading? What are the movies they watch? What, I mean, like all the way down to that, like what, what, what fires them up? And then you find your people. Cause I used to do this. I used to want to get everybody. I wanted everybody so to draining. get my client. And it was so draining because I would get so upset that this person wouldn't use me and, you know, or I wasn't able to get that business. And, you know, sometimes just people that you, you have to align with the right people. You can't just want to work with anybody because the people that I fought for, that I shouldn't have fought for, that I kept together when I shouldn't have kept together. And I knew that were some of the most horrible transactions ever. And the biggest lessons. And the biggest, but (laughs) the thing is like, I, I, I get upset about them, but then I also learned the most from those people and learn the most from that because it made me never do it again. It made me move different. It made me have a higher standard for myself and what I do for my clients because I'm not able to serve my other clients if I'm helping this one client give me a bunch of shit that's not even, you know, that's not even really so supporting my business and my cause or gonna do another deal with me again. I want the people that are gonna do five, 10 transactions with me. They're gonna use this over and over and are raving fans. I want raving fans. I don't raving want fans. just people that are groupies or just show up or, you know, just to be, to be seen or be around. I want people that want to be there. They you take know? away, they take away from your energy. Take your energy away as opposed to other people, the other clients. They feed they your feel, soul. They feed feel, your yeah, soul, they, feel they you. fill you up. And it's so important to surround yourself with the clients, not just clients, but Take friends. care of the people who take care of you. Yeah. yeah. That's what I told him, like, his avatar is different than mine, even though we work with the same clients. But like, there's been times where I'm like, you have to deal with this client because I'm way too aggressive for them. 
and like it's going to turn them off. You attracted that client because it's more of your avatar and you're going to have to work with them where my avatar and the people that I attract sometimes don't like to deal with him. Oh, it's like they don't. They just don't. Because we're two different people. Like they know? are magnetized to her on social media and like her resonate with her. And then they see me and they're like, dude, who the hell is this guy? You know? I get because it. Because I'm like full throttle. But the people that trust me and my clients are like, hey, DC, go do it. And they're like, oh, they let me do what I need to do. We watched it happen. We had magic happen. Like magic happens when you're able to just have free reign and do what you need to do. We just yeah. had a client that like started out as my client and, and I sold him a brand new home, but he was ready to sell. And that's like Daniel's specialty. And he sold his house and got him a new house and we just did it again. And, you know, I love to sell these brand new homes, but they also have a lot of value now. And so people are seeing that and now it's enabling them to upgrade to bigger houses. And that's where his magic happens. And I just like, I'm like, you have to deal with him because this is his magic. Right. You don't have to think about it. You've done it one time. You could do it again. I think whatever you're trying to, which you're trying to achieve, if you've done it once and you have the model, then you can just do it again. So do you track your numbers? What do you mean? Like what you did year over year? Like how many meals, oh, yeah. how much yeah. money you made, yeah. all that. Okay. So so percentage-wise, we um, uh, almost doubled. So it was like from, 85%. So from 19 to 20. Yeah, so so meals-wise, we probably did, uh, the first, first year we did 10,000 meals. Damn. And then the second year, we just finished the second year, we probably did over... 26,000 meals and this year this year we're going to make you know where I can give you advice you do not tell people enough of what you do you don't like all this charity work and all these things you do tell people what you do for the kids and stuff Uh, yeah I want to I want you to talk about that yeah Yeah, that's a big part so that was uh, yeah that's a big part of um, the growth because Tony Tony said that he said that in order for him to help as much people, the amount of people he wants to help, he has to have a great foundation for his business. And I, I, I'm like, that's so true. If I want to help the amount of people that is in my head in the future, I'm, my foundation, my business has to be good. So that kind of motivates me mm-hmm. to like get up every morning. Um, I joined, I found a group of people. I aligned with a group of people. I didn't know what it was called, but they're called a Rotary Club. And I'm part of the Las Vegas After Hours Rotary Club. Shout out to them. Some of my best friends, they're, they're so awesome. Um, so they do, they do service activities um, for the community. We all get together every Wednesday and we, we just share ideas, put our resources together and there's cruise directors and, and presidents and, and, and board members on there and they, and they guide us. But before, I, before them, I was gonna do this by myself. Mm-hmm. So you know, I was going to elementary schools and, and doing demos for Creative Change Now and working with garden farms and doing things in the gardens for the kids and they would grow this kale and then I would come in and talk to them how to cook up, cook the kale and they've never seen kale. And help the kids grow the plants. I, no, they did. They grew the plants themselves all year with the, the charity Creative Change Now and Garden Farms. Yeah. Then they would bring chefs like us in to teach them about the vegetables that they grew. grew. They've never seen kale or broccoli or anything like that. They've never seen a potato or a carrot or they don't... You know, it's, you would think that they, that's so cool. normal, but they don't. So I started doing that. And then I'm my, my buddy, he's actually Kevin Wool. I think you guys know him first title, Kevin Wool. He, he invited me. I said, man, you guys are always doing cool stuff. He's like, you got to come to our meeting. And I just fell in love. I was like, oh, I'm in, 
I'm totally in. I'm and so my first year was last year, and my first big service activity was in December, and we cooked for 550 students. We meaning me, and my team. <laughs> well, my team they served it all. They, I mean, they served, They did a great job. They set us up. They had a plan. I mean, they set it all up with the schools. The team did that. I just had to cook. It was easy. So we bring them mashed potatoes, real potatoes, real gravy, real ch- roasted chicken, some blanched oh, greens. Oh, because they're used to box stuff, right? Yeah, and I wouldn't, I think wow. I cooked it just as I would cooked it in a, fi- in a fine dining restaurant. You know, I just cooked it exactly the same. And yeah, these kids, they're stoked, man. It was probably the first hot meal they had all week. And they, some of them never had mashed potatoes, real mashed potatoes. You're going to make me cry. Stop it. <laughs> but they love mashed potatoes now. Oh, so we're going to do it next year. We're going to do it again. We're, we're constantly doing stuff like that. So how many kids have you guys uh, like fed or helped? you did something else. Man, I used to drive around, dude. I used to drive around like during pandemic. I said, I didn't want to partner up with Three Square because I was like, those guys already have a bunch of food. I, I want to do it. Uh-huh. And I partnered up with this elementary school that I was doing um, CP Squires. I was doing um, um, assemblies for them. And then I, I was like, all right, can you... I have a hundred meals. I'm gonna cook a hundred meals. Can you find me ten families I can use this food? And she spoke Spanish. She used a liaison, and she was like, she she was so beautiful and awesome. She gave me an email, gave me the routes, so I so I would cook it like every month or two. I, I think I was doing it every month for a while, and then uh, yeah, I would take these deliveries. Some of these homes, some of the budget suites. There'd be like five kids coming out of a budget suite. Oh, it was funny one time. This kid opens the door. I go, this food's for you. And he goes, looks at me, looks at the food, slams the door. And he goes, nah, dog, I'm straight. <laughs> How old was he? He was probably like nine. Oh my gosh. Nah, dog, I'm straight. It looked too healthy? He nope. was he's like, like, no. He's like, stranger like, danger. Trying to sell oh, yeah. oh, okay. He's like, who are you, dude? <laughs> so then I'm like, hey, like, you know, Patrick, he was like a little skeptical. And she started laughing like, yeah, they're a little... Him and his brother are a little skeptical on things. Were they living there alone? I don't know. You didn't see any parents around? You never know. Never okay, know. we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> yeah, so it's, I mean, yeah. That's a big part of your business now. And that's something so, that sounds like it fills your cup, you know, and it, it's amazing that you, you help kids and, you know. That, Dude, I live yeah. a good life, man. <laughs> Honestly, like, I, you know me, I go golfing. Like, I don't need much. Like, I don't need chains and fancy stuff. I can go golfing whenever I want. But at the same time, I have a responsibility to this community for allowing me to live a life that I you do. Can, you must. Yeah. That's how I feel. I'm like, shoot, man. I, I have a really good life, and I just want to make my community better, I guess. Let's talk about some crazy things you want to accomplish. What are some, some big, big, like... DC big like you know like oh, crazy ideas like I want to hear some well, crazy like, you know what? we just started the uh, good life hospitality today really yes Damn. today okay and it's a consulting group okay yes yeah, so we'll be offering our services as far as consulting goes we want to build on that so teach other teach entrepreneurs, other entrepreneurs how to yes do what you did mm-hmm. yeah not only is we're gonna teach them how to make a profitable business. We're gonna also teach them how to make it manageable and scalable. Okay. So yeah, that's how where the school of hard knocks. For that? 
What's that? How do they get in contact with you? Uh, so you can call me. Seven oh two. No, so it's today. It's in the. It's literally we just lifted a um, couple inches off the ground right now. It's in the works. Okay. Something like that would be really fun to do because a, a lot of people at the commissary. What's cool about the commissary is that there's a lot of businesses in there. Mm-hmm. And, you're and we're always bouncing back and forth, and it just seems to turn into, "Hey, Drew." what's, you know, because, you know, I, I, I come from running million dollar restaurants. Yeah. You school hard knocks, you learned, <laughs> you put in the work and right. hours and time and right. putting those hours and time, you learn ways to do it more efficiently. You learn I ways you're to do it perfectly. better and you can give people a time hack is, and, you know, uh, give them the relief of not going through those same headaches right. that you did. Right. And I think that's super important. That's what we, we do here as well. And I think that's, that's amazing. You're doing that for other people. And I was going to ask, well, what would you recommend to somebody that's getting started like yourself and, and in the same line of work? And I think that's amazing that you're sharing with the community and giving back. So I think, I yeah, really wish I you think that. you should do that. I think you should find something that you're going to, um, take yourself out of the equation and, and then, and build your brand around something that you're going to care about later. And then from there, um, you have to be consistent with yourself. You have to hold yourself accountable. It seems like, because when you're an entrepreneur, no one really cares if you wake up in the morning. Nope. No one cares if you're going to show up. No. And people want to do this and want to do that. They get they get riled up and, and then the week two comes and the three comes and they don't want to do it. But you have to be consistent. You have to hold yourself accountable. And you owe it to yourself to do the things that you promise you're going to do for yourself. Um, I... I suggest that people should um, legally open up business licenses right away. Uh, don't try to do things. Don't do anything kind of shady. Half Pay your ass, taxes. Yeah. It. Do it the right way at do first. Do it the right way at first. And that would build a good foundation as far as getting you feeling confident about yourself and motivated to build off this this business. What do you do when... Days are tough or like things aren't going well. I cry (laughs) in the walk-in. I just, I don't know. I just go to a dark place (laughs) and just keep going. Um, That's kind of what the, the, you know, exercising kind of comes into play in the yoga and the meditation. And I mean, those things help me when it gets really tough. I'm like, man, I've been through really, really bad situations. Like, as far as physically. Um, so like just pushing those extra hours, staying on your feet, keeping your mind alert for the last few hours has come from training uh, physical exercise. Besides golf, what else do you do? Well, I know you come here and do yoga and yeah. you're way too tight and you yeah. way too long in between. I, I, need more, I need more yoga, less heavy bang bang CrossFit stuff. Um, golfing is consumes my life, but... I like to play the guitar. I want to start a band if there's any drummers out there. <laughs> I like to play my bass, guitar, kind of like the music stuff. Kind of music's been that one thing in my life where I don't have to, it's not for anybody. I don't care. Like I can pick it up for five minutes, rattle it around a little bit, get an endorphin rush, and it's not for anybody. It doesn't have to sound good. Doesn't. I don't care. I there's no time limit. I can play for two hours, five minutes, three minutes. You know, it's just for me. It's important to have those escapes that are just for you. Like 
yeah, I love video editing and I love the, the, the videos that we do and that's, it, it's turned into a passion project and that's kind of how we landed up here. You know, it's just like, I just do it for me, you know, this thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it, and it fills my cup. It's something. Yeah, it's like, loose. I do this. I don't do this for anybody, you know, but me, but it's going to help so many people because I, you know, when you take care of you, everything else is right. Like for her, it's yoga. You know, for me, um, everybody has their thing that kind of winds them down. And like, I think yoga is really hard for me. And it's funny you mentioned that. Like the slow yoga is hardest for me because it's hard for me to quiet the mind. It's easy, easy to do the hard stuff when I'm under pressure and it's really hard. But when it's slow down, like in a quiet room, can you just sit there? Can you sit there for 20 minutes and just sit there? No phone and just sit there. Sit there with yourself and your thoughts. Like that's some hard shit. That's the work. And I think that's a cool part about the yoga. And I'm so thankful that she kind of gifted that to me and got me in doing yoga because it exposed me for my weaknesses. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. So Yeah, I had one of my gurus tell me one time because I would always go to like the hot, the hard yoga, the fast pace, the vinyasas, the power flows, this and that. And I, I was like, I don't like unheated. I don't like the slow yoga. And they're like, but you need it. That's the one you need the most. And so once I learned how to like sit with myself and you know, do the meditation and do the, you know, yin practice and all of that, like it changed my life. Cause like I'm go, 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 like very high strung. And yeah, isn't it funny? The things that you don't, uh, things that make you the most uncomfortable give you the most growth and oh yeah, it's resistance. I think life is about that, right? Oh Even yeah. In business, you could take any, anything that you love. You could, there's always something about, um, that you can always transfer to your business side. I think that's a big one, the resistance, you get the growth. Like in golf, you learn, you learn so much about, you know, life and being persistent and slowing down and like taking deep breath. And it's like, you transfer those things in other areas of your life. That's exactly. why those things are important. But have you not done that work? You might miss it and think you're, you're the shit and you're, you got all your stuff together, but you go into yoga and you can't do this. Well, why can't I do this? Well, what else am I doing like this that I'm not noticing? Now your brain starts looking for those things in your life and then you start executing on those things. You execute, you kill that old self that did that. Yeah. And that's how you, that's the personal development. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's how you evolve. Yeah. That's you great. Know? Right. Isn't it great? What's the one that you say about the slingshot? That you it's a slingshot about? method. Like when you, sh when you see things pulling back, like when things are going bad, I'm like, it's, it's a slingshot method. Like when things go back, it's cause you're on a fucking slingshot. Tension. You're just pulling back and back and the harder it gets, the further you catapult forward. And I always tell everybody that I'm like, the harder things go, the further in orbit you're going to go. Cause I, I just look at it as like, you're pulling back on a rubber band. So the harder shit gets, I'm like, dude, we're all the way back here and it's just going to explode. And that's how I feel like my life goes. I have these explosion points where it's like all this tension, all this tension, all this frustration, don't know what I'm going to do. And it just launches into orbit. And then I go back and it just, it's a constant. Then that's what I feel like. Um, I can test the personal development like is, you know, it's just, it's just these, these big leaps in business where you, you go from not knowing what the fuck you're doing to super competent in what you're doing back to not knowing what you're doing. Cause you realize you don't know everything and there's always something to learn, you know, from each situation, from each, um, you know, experience, you know, when I'm sure you, you see that with your routes and your cooking and hiring people and all these new elements and you know, there's a lot of things that that come into this where you get your ass handed to you because you have to start and be humble and say i have something to learn here just like in the yoga when you realize you had something to learn then tell me how you hire people so 
How do you do? I was terrible. <laughs> I'm still terrible. That's something I'm really working on. That's probably one of the goals that I was going to say afterwards was building a team. I don't really have a method to how I hire people. It's so scarce. It's so scarce that having getting people in there. I'm just like, can you, can you hear? Can you see? Yo, you're hired. Let's go. But I know that there's so many more. There's so many, so much more um, into it as far as technique and strategy. I've seen what you guys do. What do you guys do? I still haven't perfected it. We're, we're, <laughs> we do something, but we, we're, we're constantly evolving the process. Yeah. So we're constantly analyzing. So I definitely took from corporate America on that one. You know, like they had strategies from HR of what they did. And we actually found a testing system that we utilized at the builder that I was at. And it worked great because we took our top tier people, not necessarily all the same personalities or whatever, and tested them. And then we hired to that standard, you know, and for the most part, it worked out really well. And a lot of it's training, you know, like that's one thing that I think is important is like training them, you know, your way to represent your brand and all of that. I use disc profile testing. I have a guy that I use specifically because that's important to us in our industry. You know, it may not be exactly what you need in your industry, but, um, and one of the things I've learned is don't hire friends. You know, that's like, I, I've learned, you know, that's one of the things that like, is not good, you know, like don't love somebody into a position because that's what I'm totally guilty of. Like I see the potential in them mm. and probably more potential than what they see in themselves. And I'm like heartbroken when they don't perform because they probably didn't want it as bad as I wanted it for them. So that's one of the new things that I'm implementing is just don't like one of the things that HR used to tell me when I would interview for DR is, you know, don't prep them with the questions. Like don't give them the answers to the questions that you're answering, you know? And alongside with that is like, I don't need to just use disc profiling. And once I see that they're not working out instead of loving them into another position and another position, like trusting your gut, when trusting you're your gut, because not only is it not good for you as you know, the employer or, you know, the, the broker, leader. the leader, it's not good for them. Let them go where they're going to thrive and be the best version of them, you know? So I think for you, like if I could give you any advice, one of the things I did on the last hires was like a working interview to see like how you work together. Oh, staging. Yeah. Yeah. Call it staging in the industry. Yeah. Many days, sometimes weeks, people um, work in restaurants for free. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just to see if it's a, so when we would hire in on the strip, we would bring them in for a stage and everybody knew what a stage was in the industry and it was just to see if you're a good fit for them and then if you're a good fit for us. So that way you're not wasting each other's time because it is costing money on them and it costs money on you to hire them and if you can both agree, hey, can you handle this job? And they say yes and then you go, is it is it good for you or are you agree to this? And then if they both say yes, and I think it's a good fit, right? Yeah. I think there's something to be said for working for free. Yeah. <laughs> because you learn a lot, you know, you know, you learn a lot about a person. Yeah. I think I want to do that more this year. I just want to go in these like fancy, they probably love it. Free labor. I just go in this, just play dumb. I just go in there and help them. 
and then oh to learn from to them? learn from them yeah See. oh i like and to help them they i mean they're probably appreciated they have skilled hands in there for free but they don't know who i am right all right that's interesting so if you have a if you need help let me know <laughs> you know that is one area that we're ever evolving in i uh i met a lady recently she does like 600 transactions a year and she that was her thing you know uh don't love them into a position and don't hire friends you know, and it's not because you don't want to be surrounded by your friends, but you want to be, you know, maybe look, maybe, maybe they're not in the cooking industry, you know, but like they're. And you're holding them back from getting there because you're not letting them go. You're not having right. that hard conversation. It's not fun though. It begins, it's not. It's not it ends up not being fun for everybody. Business and, uh, isn't pretty. Right. <laughs> Business is not pretty. If, it's, if you're not going to play nice with everybody else and maybe this is not the right spot for you or maybe are we doing something wrong? But there's one thing that, um, my friend Brian from Joy Pop, um, he said, don't create your own prison. Wow. And I was like, whoa. And he's like, yeah, man, just, just, you know, run your business, how you're going to run the business, but always have fun doing it. I always say, I never want to pull up to our office and be like, damn. That's how I know when it's time for somebody to go. Yeah. Something's, yeah. When, something when you off. get yeah. a gut feeling, you're like, damn, they're here. Or you, you, you don't want to see. You know, this is your but, business. But not, your gut's right? telling you yeah. that. And you, your lack of acknowledging that and yeah. understanding that, responding to that gut feeling right. will, will put you in places that you didn't have to be in had you done it sooner. Yeah. Because yeah. then you're going to have to go through all the stress and emotion by waiting to do the inevitable. Because you know what needs to happen. And if you don't do it, the longer it'll wait. The longer you wait, it doesn't get easier. It gets much harder. That's more weight. It's a communication, right? Yeah, but I mean, I think people, you know, it would wait too long to, to make those decisions, you know? And I'm, I'm guilty of it myself, and that's why I know about it, because, you know. So what's your 2022 goal? I want to build our team strong. We just hired uh, Chef Caitlin. Congrats. She's my friend. <laughs> Still a big win. Still a big win. It but I love her. She's start. amazing. She's brilliant. She's smart. She... We're alumni at the same culinary school. We cook together at Wolfgang Puck um, Catering. She, our uh, life values kind of align. So now this piece is there. Now we can start building a team. I can start creating recipe books for training. Um, I want to create standardized recipe books. So I'm not just saying it to people. I'm kind of cook like an Italian, you know. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of this, you know, oh, you know, just like that, a little bit of this, your ancestor will tell you to stop. That's why I bake. Yeah. That's how I cook. That, when you said that, I was like, that, is that a thing? Because that's exactly yeah. how I cook. I want I'm precise like, universe measurement. Like, that's enough. I, you know what I thought about but doing? Bro, I'm, I, my food is just, it's always, because I know. I just, I know. You just but, know but you stuff. can't mass produce that. It's not, not scalable. But yeah. for me, my personal, that's funny. That's exactly how I cook. <laughs> I think I want to um, start doing all my training videos on TikTok. You should oh, just have dude, like, your TikToks crush it. Tell people about your tomato. Yeah, you can go your follow us tomato. Uh, at the Good Life Chef on TikTok and go view my tomato. I'll show you how to dice and core a tomato. How, oh, let's oh, let's, let's let them watch, watch it. it. Yeah, you guys go how, watch it. How many views does this tomato video have? Oh, it has 800,000 views on my tomato <laughs> video. <laughs> I have a damn tomato. <laughs> yeah. 10 second tomato video. No, but I think it, I saw like fast food companies doing this is how you make a chalupa this is how you make a gordita in the behind the scenes i was like this is dumb but then i started thinking um well that's kind of brilliant because now these um kids or 
potential employees can, we call them kids, but potential employees can go log into a TikTok, follow us, we give them access, and they can just have, view all the recipes, watch them over and over and over again, take notes, and then... TikTok, you can learn so fast on TikTok. I think it's so cool. Like, I wanted to learn about crypto. It literally was like crypto hashtag, this hashtag, and literally just sat on there for 10 minutes. And I was like, now I know everything. You're I need TikTok to know. certified. A TikTok certified. And, you know, that's, I think it's really cool for like, you know, people that watch real estate stuff. We have to use, we have to use that platform smart. We have to be thoughtful of what we're presenting to the younger generations because other countries are using that the same or in that way, like they're using it more as far as educational than entertainment. I think it's educational. I think it's the most amazing educational platform that's came out. People just use it for something else. Cause the, the, the speed at which you can move through the, to the next thing yeah. is like so seamless. They got it down and it's easy to use. It's easy, but the kids nowadays are so much smarter cause they can learn so much more. They might maybe be doing a bunch of, you know, learning a bunch of shit that's just like TikTok dances and stuff that's like not actually valuable, but there's some stuff in there that you could spend a two, like three minutes on there and learn more than you could all day in a traditional school. And I think that's like, that's where the younger generations are going to do so well because they can learn so much. It's just about staying focused, not getting distracted and actually using it as a tool. And I think, I don't think a lot of people actually look at it like that. So um, they say their attention or most people's attention span now is like five seconds. It's three. But what I find Two is three. so crazy. Our assistant's like half my age and she moved, she like runs circles around me. I yeah. gave her a project yesterday that I thought would take a couple of days and she messaged me. And two hours, like, three hours. And, and she was done. Compartmentalize everything. Is that the word, right? They just, just, they can store things in their brain and they can work on so boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Their brain but I think, think it's that from fast. watching TikTok and all the screen time that they do. I mean, they're the world's going there. The well, way they type and the way they're like, they put it into action, though, no matter how fast your brain goes, the people have that's to the put, still going have to put to slow the fuck down. I think people need to slow the fuck down. Like, oh, who tells you that? You like because I do it too. It's like it, but. When does some he make mistakes? Sometimes some podcasts are been, therapy, you know, for yourself. Therapy, but sometimes things could have been saved for myself had I slowed down. And I just, I move so fast. I would have, I mean, I just do double the work sometimes. I'm like, I didn't even have to do I that. I know, man. But I like moving so fast because that's what, that's what fires me up is moving fast with speed and getting it done. But sometimes she showed me like it's inefficient. You missed that because you were going so fast. And you exhausted yourself. I exhausted myself. I put, you know, other people at risk because I was going too fast. Yeah. Can't be doing that. You got to slow down. My dad used to tell me, enunciate your words, slow down. You talk too fast, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've turned into my dad. When I tell him, I'm like, slow down. You wouldn't make the mistakes if you just slow down. Like, why do you drive but fast I move through a parking so fast, lot? But I move so fast that I get to the mistake so fast that I get past it. And that's how I've done with business. I've, I move fast. They, they, I, I take pride in the fact that I move fast because it's, it's got me to the point, but there's also the times you need to slow down. and that's like all the time <laughs> like go fast but go slow so go Hurry slow when wait. you're doing things that are um you know detail oriented but when it comes to making decisions you have to make decisions quick. Yeah. i agree because you know there's in cooking there's a lot of moving parts but there are certain situations where you have to slow down like you can move you can move fast from here to there but um you know there's certain steps in cooking that they're the reason why it the, it tastes when you, so good. It tastes so good because you stopped at that certain level, or you give us an put example. The butter, you put the butter at that moment. Okay, for instance, when we cook some of our um, sticky chicken, 
Um, you can my find favorite. out. My favorite. You can find out on the website, www.goodlifechef.com. The sticky chicken, sweet and spicy chick, sticky chicken. So when I throw it on the grill, instead of blasting it full blast, I'll, I'll turn them off. It seems so simple to do that, but when the flame's on, the marinade kind of drips on it and, the, and, and, it, and it smokes out the meat and kind of burns it too fast. But if you, if you control the fire a little bit, right at that point, then um, you kind of have a better outcome. That's just one simple thing I just came to the top We're of my head right there. The heat. I want to know Knowing when to turn it down. Oh no, she wants, she's stuck on the butter. You said <laughs> butter and she's like, what has butter? <laughs> Can't believe it's not butter. Teach me the butter trick. No, no, I was, I, I was saying, cause you're a baker. I was, yeah. There's certain oh, yeah. times when you, I, she likes baking. I guess when you do croissant, you have to put the butter and fold it at a certain time. And what if you're making biscuits, the butter has to be super, super, super cold to be better biscuits. What's so funny is I've learned I bake better at night than in the morning. Oh, dude, she tried making peanut butter cookies. I and I screwed up the butter. Dude, it fell apart. I couldn't figure out. I like never mess up. I so messed I up these up? and I messed up these. And it was both in the mornings when I was cooking. Yeah, because you're... It's like you're my nocturnal. wine though. Let's talk yeah, about you're, that you're timing. Like, like some people, I used to be a night owl, you know? And then I did this 4 a.m. thing where I thought it was a good idea to wake up at 4 a.m. And I was taking naps in the middle of the day and couldn't. I was like falling asleep during the day. It's not productive for me to do that, you know? Everybody operates a little bit different and finding what your optimal zone is and working that place and unapologetically like, okay, dude, I know some people that work through the night. They're like, yeah, I, I wake up at 10 p.m. and I, I work till 3 a.m. and, you know, boom, that's my thing. And, you know, what, so what, what's something like that for you that's your, what, what's your what your time? optimal time you know is? your optimal time? I do. I do. Sleep. I want to hear sleep and work. Let's hear it. Because if I don't follow it, then I become super grumpy around time, 9, 10 if I'm, if I'm not in bed. And then I won't accomplish as much as I want to do. I'll probably snooze a little extra if I don't go to bed by nine or 10. I like to wake up around uh, at six. Six, if I go to bed a little late, seven. And that's not good for me. You know? Damn. Because I like to be up. And work days. You were work up at days four this five, morning. Yeah. Night. Work days four, five. I've, if I have, because like, we'll go back to that vision thing. If all else, if everything goes according to plan, then the result will be good. Sometimes I do the math in my head and I go, I'm gonna need three o'clock because that means that I'll be working till 10 p.m. if I don't utilize 3 a.m. And you'd rather be up at 3 a.m. than up yeah. at 10 because you're like done at the end of the day, yeah, right? That's I, me. I get. I will not go to the gym if the sun is up already. I won't. I will not. It's like, I got so you, I've man. had it recently. Yeah, I've had to force it. myself to do that because I'm like, dude, I can't just not go to the gym. So I've had to like start going to the gym at a later hour, which is like the yoga thing. I noticed it's hard for me. Like I, I dude, I'll go to the gym and I'll leave the parking lot because like, there's too many cars. I don't want to go here. I'll talk myself out of it. And it's funny. I'm like, what the fuck? This is the same thing that I, and I noticed this stuff and I'm like, okay, I got to challenge myself to do it. Let me push past it and see what this looks like. And I did it and I was like, it's not as hard as I thought. I was like, I can totally do this. It was just something I made up in my head because I'm from waking Story, up yeah. early, so early for so long, I would not go to the gym if the sun wasn't up because I had control of my morning. If mornings. the sun was up. Or if the sun was up because like when it's dark out, it's just like has a different feeling and a different vibe early in the morning. And that was like, I, it was my prime time to go to the gym, but I had to force myself to do this later in the day thing that's like, it's necessary for me to go to the gym for my mind to work right. Like hundred percent. Like you go, you don't go to the gym for a week. You're bingo start declining that's important <laughs> i think that probably should have been first and foremost you people have to if you if you want to change your life start, start moving body. your body get your heart rate up 
get uncomfortable, get comfortable being uncomfortable, get your heart rate up, stretch, start Work out your start, aggression. Start <laughs> slow, stretch, walk, run, but get the heart rate up. Start getting that, start being breathing heavy, get sweat a little bit because the endorphins, I promise you, the endorphins afterwards is the best part. Talk about that. The endorphins. Have you ever yeah. done Wim Hof breathing? No. What is that? Oh, we got to do it. It's breath control. Let's do it. After this is done, we're going to do it together. Okay, cool. But talk um, about working out and like what you notice about how, you know, life. Oh my gosh. What you, you learned some huge life, le- life lessons. Life so lessons. So the 28th, I woke up out of bed. Drunk. No, drunk not spins. drunk. <laughs> not drunk. Like hadn't drank a drop yeah. of alcohol in a week. Um, and I like stumbled out of bed. I couldn't get my footing. And I was like, oh my God. You know when you were a kid and you'd spin in circles and circles oh, right, and circles? Right. Um, at, that's what it felt like. So I literally got down on my hands and knees and called Daniel and I was like, I think something's wrong with my blood pressure or something and I just need a glass of water and I can't even walk downstairs. You gotta come to my house and it's bring like me some water. I'm on the floor. She's like, I've fallen and I can't get up. I'm like life alert commercial in my head. She's like, and so- I don't call him unless it's an emergency because he does not deal well with like catastrophic situations. Traumatic, like, like he does not deal well with I it. don't do needles. I don't do <laughs> doctor's offices and I do not do emergency situations. I'll pass out. I so just, anyways, I had it, my girlfriend, Kate came over. She brought me a blood pressure machine. I checked my blood pressure, but my pulse was really low. And I was like, this is weird. Cause like I have a low pulse to begin with cause I work out. And then I do take blood pressure medicine for my migraines. I've been taking it since I was like 28 years old, but it's caused me to learn that I think I have vertigo. And um, so I haven't been able to work out. No yoga, no working out. Someone that goes to the gym, works out, and is like workout workaholic, cannot go do what she needs to do. What does that oh, tell you? I can't drive. So you can't drive. So it's just how you've been modifying. Life slowed her down. I think life I, slowed because I it, it, I learned something from this. It I, slowed me down. It, it was a force. He has to come pick me up every morning for work to and take me to all my appointments. I have to like plan my shit out because I have to have enough time to get to her. So it's like changed my whole pace and I've slowed down because I'm like I'm in no rush because I'm taking care of her. It was something outside of me that took me to slow down and it was beautiful. That's sweet. And I learned so much about slowing down and how it it changes the, the way you look at things. It changes the way you operate, and I, I'm really starting to like it. I like making decisions fast, but not do everything fast. And so I think it's- Bingo. That's it. It's like make decisions fast, but don't do everything fast. Some things yeah. need to be, you need to dial back the flame. You dial back the flame. Dial back the flame. Yeah, so it's slowed me way down. But you know what? One of the things that I've realized, because like, I'm even nervous to walk, because like, it looks like if I look down, like right now, it looks like there's like an earthquake or the ground spinning. Or if I turn my head to the right a little bit too much, so I'm like, I don't even want to walk. I need somebody to go walk with me or something like that because I don't want to like end up on the ground or something. But I'm like, I feel like a hundred year old woman right now. Not She's like, how do people my, not work out? Like, how, like do, how do people like they have to feel horrible in their body? And I feel and like not that's the reason it. most people feel like shit is because they don't work out. If you never move your body, you're probably achy. Like dude, for me, like not working, doing the whole working out thing, like I started feeling like shit and then I go back to the gym, like I feel better. What a coincidence. It's funny how it works. Right? So it's really important. And I think watching her do it, it's like you appreciate the little things. We were walking by somebody in a wheelchair. I was like, she was super upset one day. I was like, you know what? I was what? like, I'm you so have to be tired thankful. of feeling like I'm in jail. I can't go anywhere. I can't I work out. I can't get my coffee. I can't get my tea, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, you realize people can't walk right now? You should be thankful. 
Just be grateful. We have it an amazing life. It definitely humbled me. And it's like, you gotta be grateful for the little things. That's what this taught me. Like you gotta be grateful for waking up every day, healthy, where you can go do what you need to do. You gotta be thankful for every day for the little things. Cause if you take them for granted. My rituals are so important. So I can't do, handle them anymore. If you yeah. can't even handle this, you're not grateful for this. You can't have it anymore. No. For that, that which you are not grateful for, I think you lose. Yep. I think I wasn't grateful for <laughs> So are you modifying? Are you trying to figure out something that you can? I don't, I, you know what? I thought about it. I'm going to do Wim Hof with you. Cause okay. I'm telling you, I think breath is the secret sauce to life. Oh, like sure. people don't realize like how much you shallow breathe and like yoga is breath to movement we'll put the wim hof breathing link yeah, in this video it's like a two three minute video it's amazing we did it a listing pit uh listing appointment no, i time. did it and i, embarrassed we, I mean him. she embarrassed me and my one of my clients almost passed out she's having a panic attack she doesn't know how to breathe most people don't know how to breathe so i was like we're gonna do wim hof so i literally turned wim hof on my as phone. i'm trying to get him to sign the listing paperwork she's like okay no 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 okay just move that over there um can we do breathing let's do breathing she's like I'm like, dude, she's serious. She's like, hold your breath now. I'm like, hold my breath. I was like, she's like, for, and for like, we're watching a one minute timer going on, telling us to hold my breath. I'm like, I can't hold it for 10 seconds. I'm yeah, like, but it makes you realize what you're not doing. I'm sure that dude you for was your probably like, this is weird at right now, but then everybody was like, okay. She felt so much better. She's like, I'm going to teach my daughter how to do this. This is great. She has anxiety. She was getting riled up. Oh, she was getting, getting riled, riled up, up over she, selling the sucks. house. And so like I paused everything and I told Daniel like, stop. I said, we're gonna do breathing. She's like, are you serious? I was like, I'm dead serious. Like I didn't give her an option. I didn't and ask her. It's like her. five minutes. We sat there for five minutes breathing, hearing each other snot come out of each other's nose. And like, we're like, oh, we'll Sometimes opening one pause. eye. <laughs> Dean, and I, Dean and I will, we'll get heated. This is so stupid, but we'll get heated argument. If it's so, if it's like really stupid, I'll be like, all right, 20 second hug right now. <gasps> I oh, love that. Oh, I love that. It'll just force us. It's like hold my pocket and I'll hold your pocket. For it's funny, Jamie. I wouldn't leave the house and like Jamie. I, I had the same thing happen with Jamie this morning. She was upset and I wasn't leaving the house with her upset. I was like, I'm not leaving you. Like yeah, this. you can't do that. That state. Absolutely. That's good. That's funny. Sweet. Yeah. Right? It's important. You can't, you, you always got to be grateful. Back to the grateful thing, you know? <laughs> gratitude. A, gratitude. Okay, so do you have rituals? I have a golf ritual. <laughs> A little waggle. Do you have non-negotiables? Um, no, no, I don't. I don't have any rituals or anything like that. I, I start, I try, if I feel like grateful is ritual, I mean, I try to remain so like childlike as far as State of what mind. I'm so stoked about. I'll get stoked about, if I, I start being grumpy about something, I'll just get stoked about, oh, look at the sun, or oh man, look at the mountains are cool, or Oh man, my car got gas. Sweet. <laughs> you know, something stupid. Uh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, just like super childlike. When the Costco gas line has we, no people in it, dude. We argued <laughs> about the gas. I was like, dude, since you decide to drive a gas car, why don't you just go to the gas station every day? Like, why do you dude, go I'm sit always in the Costco out of gas. line? Always out of gas. So, and then I, I thought about this the other day. I was like, it's such a waste of time going to Costco. Like, it's not worth the month, $10 That's I'm saving exactly for me point. to go drive 20 minutes out of my way. Now be late to my appointment because I was waiting in a Costco gas line. Or even if I got it early in the morning, what's the point of driving all the way there unless it's convenient? So I'm like, dude, I'll pay that extra five, 10 bucks for the gas for it go. to be I'm not to wait in the line. There you go. My dad had what, a whole What stay. time, do you value your time that much where you were like willing to go save $10 
what's now, what's a half hour yeah. worth of your time worth? Like, yeah, what's your hourly? For sure, when I order food, do you know your hourly wage? What's that? Do you know your hourly wage? Do I know my what I make? Hourly. Hourly. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Yeah, I I do that math. Yeah. Okay. I try to keep it consistent too. So what I tell Daniel well, is, is this worth? It's you know, is this, this a, a X amount, X dollar oh, amount of, of that number? Yeah. So like my wage is you know a dollar amount, and she's like, is you, is this really worth this dollar? Amount? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not. It's I can not. Go pay somebody else, you know, really good wage to go do that is. and like not be doing that. What? I just thought of something. What? You can have Lexi go get gas for you. Oh, I already thought of that before. Yeah, right down yeah. the road. Lexi, I thought, well, I thought about that too. I've had her go get gas before several times. We've been on appointments and I'll have my assistant go off and go fill my car up with gas, come back before we're done signing the contract. You need, yeah, you, for the good life, like I did everything by myself oh, for yeah. like a year. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. let's talk about so, that. Doing so, everything by yourself. It was terrible and I created a prison and I would wake up and I didn't separate it. So I told you in the beginning, I didn't separate my house from my work. So I would just wake up like it was so hard to be grateful i would just complain about like and then i have to slap myself you prayed for this you prayed for this you prayed for this and then i'll be like okay i'm doing it but man it took me so long to just not to let go of the reins and just let someone help me let how'd you do that talk about that well you kind of just let them do it yeah. Yeah. You kind of just, you, I set my expectations. I was very, I'm good at that. Like the, I'm good at telling them what the outcome should be. And then I would micromanage at first. I would just do it everything for them. They would just be standing there. I'd be Watching exhausted. You're, you're like, yeah, showing them how I'll come back tomorrow. You guys want me? You, and they would say like, you need me tomorrow? Cause they, they just stood there all day. And I'd be like, I hired three people and I paid so much money. I'm still exhausted. Why am so I exhausted? Funny. That was my exact experience with my assistant. When I first week I hired my assistant, I had no idea what to ever do. I was doing stuff for her while I was showing her how to do it. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I doing the work that <laughs> I- still does it. And I still do it, I but still it's, do it. it's a learning process. That's hard for me to learn how to delegate. That's one of my struggles. Like I have to learn how to delegate to other people, efficiently delegate. Um, and I think it's it's important to learn that skill. I early think the on expectation though, the delegated and the expectation. Yeah, having, so setting the big, right expectation. One big thing I got from corporate America was we, we, it was an onboarding for all managers and we sat back to back and one person got a picture of a, a basic house. This house has like a square with a triangle on top, a couple of doors and a couple of windows. And some houses look different, but mine looked like that. And I sat back to back in the chair to my partner and I was supposed to describe the house to the partner behind me in just complete details. A simple house, a triangle on top, a square, a door in the middle, two windows, and then you draw it? And they, the other person had to draw it. Okay. And it never, like, if you weren't, I, I would try to describe it differently than that because you're looking at it, but it would never turn out right. The person drew a crazy picture and it was a, it was a lesson of, of setting the right expectation because if they don't know what your vision is, then they're not going to be able to know what the outcome should be. Your team needs to know the vision. And they need to be on board with the vision. They need to be aligned with your culture. They need to be aligned with your most of your your core beliefs. Yeah, for I the think company. so. Not personal beliefs, but core beliefs for the company. For the company, you know? I think so. Like ours is people over paychecks. It's fucking dude. Do that's the right thing over. Me. That's our non-negotiable. Do the right thing over the dollar. I don't care what the fucking dollar amount is. You always do the right thing. Always do right by people, even if it costs you money. 
people yeah. over paychecks. I think I'll tell you about my first yeah. experience in real estate. Oh. <laughs> so, your first house? First uh, house sale. What first, year? First house what sale. year? Let's go back to what year this was before I was born and existed. Let's hear. What year? This is 1997. That was a good year. It was before you were born, though. Um, it was the well, maybe it was the end of '96. But anyway, in the '90s, it's like it's ancient. <laughs> <laughs> it was good so times. So I listed a home. And my seller wanted to keep her refrigerator, washer, and dryer. And I went too fast. And Slowing I down. didn't review the contract well enough to realize the buyer's agent had asked for the washer, dryer, refrigerator. And they're nice ones, I bet. They probably just bought it. So guess what I did with my first commission? You bought it. I bought, bought a, a washer, dryer, fridge for that buyer. That's integrity, you guys. Amazing. <laughs> School hard knocks right yeah. there. My, one of my first real estate deals, I actually went to mediation, which is like one of like. Never been. She, she's never been. How many years in the business? 26 years. Never, never been. been. My first deal, go to mediation, which is like goes up a step before court, like a lawsuit. And I'm like, really? I mean, like, that's how my first deal went. So it, it's crazy, but. Where did you get that first deal? Uh, it was a referral from somebody who didn't align with me. You know, and that's a, the right thing about finding the right people to align with you. I learned that really hard. I learned that really Fail hard fast. lesson very fast because I, I was like, you know, I wanted this client and I wanted all the business. And I got the client. I was like, do I want this crazy client? Look where we landed up. I, and I have to represent this person. And th that's not a representation of me. I don't want to represent people that aren't a, cor a correct representation of me. You know, some of those systems get created because of the mistakes. Yeah, though, absolutely. Right? All the systems get created because of mistakes. You move right. differently, you know. Don't make the same mistake twice. That That's again. what business is. It's making the mistake, learning from the mistake, and pivoting, and you know, moving forward. One of the things I did when I started with DR, I would read my contract every day until I had that contract memorized. Because, of, but I did that because I had learned the hard lesson. Because the real estate contracts yeah, that we use in resale are different than builder contracts. So I knew my resale contract when I went into the builder business but I didn't know their contract. And I was gonna know that like the back of my hand. And that's one of the things because that- Because of that. Because that, I still implement that. I tell my agents when they start with me. What if I you would have lost money, more money later on oh, if you didn't? Oh, I know, I know. But or that's, like a job or something else. No, but that, I it instilled that value in my life that I pass forward to everybody. I'm like, read your contract. When the contracts change, read that contract. Know that contract. That's like your- I know, right? No, they just think that you're saying it. Sometimes people think you're saying stuff like that just to say it. You're like, really? listen, man, I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And uh, this was one of them. And I know it's common sense to you maybe, but I'm just saying, just listen to the little things I'm saying. Because they can be the big things. Yeah. The little things are the big things. And I think people miss out on that. Like the, Making sure the little things are right, create the opportunities for the big things. Making sure the little things right, get you to the big things. Yeah, I agree with that, totally. You have to make sure the little things right. If the, the you know, if you set up a fucking showing as a real estate agent and you're, you're a shit show and you're going to the wrong address, you're going off of the board and you're, you just, you have no idea where you're going. It's not gonna, that, that little thing, setting up the, the showings and you having that messed up could make or break somebody's experience. Can make or break, getting to a house in time to write write the offer because you find that found the right house and need to write the offer but you not having the little things in place you know like having a pen having a second copy having um you know all your documents we call ready. that mise en place 
What is it? Uh, so for you, is a chef? How much? Mise, it's called mise en place. Like you have yeah. to order food for it to get Wait, ready. Wait, I want to hear this. What it? So like it's a big term in the industry. It's called mise en place. It means in French everything in place. So anytime you call mise en place, mise en place, M I S E, E N P L A C E. Mise so that means just everything's in place. You're paying your water. In our in in our situation, when you go to a restaurant, that's their mise en place is in front of them, at their station. Oh. That way they can just execute. Boom, boom. I love it. I love it. Mise en place. Mise en place. Mise en place. Everything <laughs> in place. I like that. Wait, write that down. Mise en place. Anything I can always learn. Man, this has been fun. This, this has been great. I can talk to you guys forever, really. Well, that's why we had you on. And, you know, we're very thankful you came in here. I think we've all learned a lot from you. I think there's some valuable... Um, tons of value you brought today, you know, starting off with, you know, your story, you know, wh how you got where you did your hustle, you know, helping the kids and, you know, what you do for the community, giving back and helping other business owners and people that are, you know, starting off and, you know, the same line of work that you are in and, you know, learning those mistakes from somebody who's made the mistakes so they don't have to make those mistakes. I think it's amazing. I commend you on that. Wish you much success. And how um, many people are you going to do this year? Yeah, let's, let's let's make some commitments right here. Let's make some commitments. How many? Uh, how many people are you going to mentor show. into? How many people are you going to help do? You know what you do. Consulting. Let's start with one. Let's start with one. <laughs> We're going to double that for you. We're going to say two. <laughs> We're going to well, do well, two. The funny thing about one is that's what, what the show is called. It's called the One Hustle Show, and it's all about having that one. You start with one. That's what she's always told me. Start with one client. You do one client right. You take care of them. They'll give you five to ten. That's right. You get your first, and it leads to the next. And all it takes is one all it takes is one guys one hustle so thank you guys for joining us uh on the podcast today um follow him at the good life chef his good. meals are amazing goodlifechef.com and if you're on a meal plan you can give him your meal prep plan and he'll customize customize it, it cut nutrients. the rice back add the vegetables whatever it is that you need and if you're looking to start a meal prep business he'll help you get started Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, it's DC certified, by the way, and the sticky chicken is my favorite. So I will I will put that out there. That is like my staple. I could eat that every single day. Um, my cheat meal is definitely lasagna. Pesto pasta. Pesto <laughs> pasta that's is, that's is my happy cheat meal. meal. Yeah, it's my happy meal. It's the pesto <laughs> pasta. Well, I'm so. grateful for you guys' friendship. Thank you. Yeah, Absolutely. we appreciate you. Oh, guess how we met him. Do you remember? I do remember how. how do you remember how we met? Um, Metaverse? Instagram. Metaverse, yeah. We, yeah. we met in the metaverse. We met in the metaverse before the metaverse was even a thing. This is, uh, it's yeah. been better fun. be friends in the universe. <laughs> right? So much better. Uh, that's a whole nother conversation. That is. That's a whole nother conversation. Well, thank, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you. Um, and looking forward to an amazing year uh, for you. Wishing you the most success. And let's go make it this year. Let's amazing. hustle. Let's hustle. Catch you guys next time.